worship pastor here. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to enter into worship and just focus our eyes on Jesus this morning. So let's do that together. to where 
believe that what we just sang is true, Lord. That you take every piece. How the enemies come against us.
single voice lifted up. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our, our hearts adore. Amen. I think that is a beautiful way to start a week in, in, in gathering as a community to, to recite that as our anthem of who our first love is, and it's Jesus. It's absolutely always only ever Jesus, and, and, and if it's your first time here at Overlake, you'll know quickly that is what we're about here. We just love him so much. He's changed each and every life, and, 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 and we're just radically changed by it. Well, guys, I'm, I'm Pat. I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and, and you can stay standing for just a moment. Uh, I, I want to welcome you and, and then also let you know what this little thing is about. It, it's tucked inside your handout, and, and by the way, in the handout, it's, it's always great to read what's going on around here. I, I often open it and say, I want to go to a church that's doing all of this stuff, and, and then I realize, oh, I am going to a church that does all this stuff. So, so uh, uh, make sure you, you look in the handout for ways to get connected and things that are coming up. But uh, one tool that helps in, in, in staying connected, getting connected, taking next steps is, is this little card here. So at some point in the service, pull it out and, and maybe update con contact info on the front. And, and we'd love to, to know ways we can be praying for you on the back. Uh, and, and then you can just drop it in the offering bucket a little later in service. If it's your first time, it, it would be wrong for you to leave here without a gift from us. So please, please, after service, we'd love to meet you in the Connection Center on the first floor. Uh, br bring your connection card with you. We we'd love to get you a tasty, delicious treat uh, into your hands uh, uh, to enjoy on us at some point this week. And so uh, it it's worth swinging by. It it if it's your first time, we'd love to meet you. Uh, well, let's do this. Uh, let's meet one another. You're, you're surrounded by some, some awesome people here. And, and, and how about this? Catch a name and then catch what that person's favorite thing about fall is in the Northwest. So names and favorite things about fall. Go for it. It's wonderful to be with you today. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors on the team. And, and it's just it's an honor to continue this journey with you. We're talking about generous living. And we started this series last week. You might want to grab your notes out of your handout and kind of follow along and, and uh, jot down anything that, that God's just dropping on you today. Uh, I, I do want to start with this. A, a few years ago, I had the privilege of interviewing an executive producer from the TV show Hoarders. He was a part of Overlake. Do you guys remember that TV show called Hoarders? What, what they would do is they would go in and they would help somebody who had hoarded stuff to dangerous levels in their home or environment. And they would help them sort through 
offload all the stuff that had multiplied and was now suffocating them. And they were able, these people were able to get their lives back and their homes back and quite often relationships, family members back. But when I was talking to this executive producer, I could sense that there was a sadness in him about his work. And so I asked him about it. And he was sharing that he was so sad because so many of the stories that they aired and the heartbreaking thing was that each person that they went in to help felt this incredible sense of freedom. And they, they felt like they had this, their whole lives were given back to them when their, their places were cleaned out. And yet there was this draw to accumulating that people were addicted to. And so sometimes they would slip back into those habits even before the camera crews had had a chance to clear out. And... And here's what's interesting. The, the definition of hoarding, it's a form of mental unhealth, and it's this. It's the view of accumulation of material stuff that fulfills psychological, emotional, or spiritual needs. Now, I, you might want to write that down because it's just interesting to think about. That what hoarding is, is mental unhealth, and it's the view that the accumulation of material possessions fulfills your emotional, spiritual, psychological needs. But we all kind of know it. Here's the problem. The problem that most of us have a touch of hoarder's syndrome. In other words, we want to receive and we want to gain and we want to accumulate and keep. And we think somehow, somewhere that this is the pathway to fulfillment. But friends, it's the pathway to suffocation. And it's simply building walls of materialism around our lives that end up imprisoning us. And Jesus has come to set us free from our prisons. And so the key to abundance is actually generous living. And, and it kind of flips everything on its head. And that's what we're going after in this series. And it all starts one place. And so we got to make sure we get these truths in order. The beginning place is this. And if you're filling in the blanks, we can give nothing to God that he hasn't first given us. And this is that perspective shift that will begin to change everything. The most joyful way to live is also the most generous way to live. And have you noticed we have to train ourselves to be generous? The flip side's also true. You don't have to train yourself to be selfish. Do you know this? Like nobody, if you're a parent here, this is, you never had to do this. You never had to teach your little two-year-old, you know, here's the word you need to use. You need to say, mine. And you need to grab the toy and just hold it to you and never share with your friends or your brothers or sisters or whatever. Like, we don't have to teach little kids to say, mine, how come? Because they go there by default, right? Like, by de our default setting is selfishness, and therefore we must train ourselves to live generously. And again, Jesus is going to be the one who helps us as he, as he helps us get into the mentality that it all comes from God. Here's what Jesus says. Freely you have received, freely give. So this is what Jesus says. This is, these are his words. Freely you have received, freely give. And today's message is called freely we have received. You might just want to underline that first half of the verse. Freely we have received. Now, I know in America, we love to believe that everything we have, we've earned. Like, that is, that is a, a thought that we just love to have and we love to hold. And if you hold that thought, I'm not going to argue with you at all today. But Jesus will. 
Because what Jesus says is, no, 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 you have received freely. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you have received freely. And, and so you go, okay, pastor, well, what is it that I've received? The, the first thing I want to talk about today, and you might want to write it down, is this phrase that theologians use, it's common grace. And here's what common grace is. It means no matter what you believe about God, no matter where you live, no matter how you live, that there are these things that God has lavishly poured out over your life. I'll give you an example. I don't know if you noticed, but Tuesday, this week, Tuesday, was just a beautiful, crisp, clear fall day. And because the sun was out, and it had been out sort of like late Monday and all day Tuesday, I just happened to notice that it had been a while since I mowed my grass. And so, uh, and some of you are like, wait, pastor, you, you mow your own grass? I figured you have a gardener or something. Well, we do have a gardener. Uh, several years ago, my wife hired this guy, great guy, and he's warm and humble, and he does a good job, and he came, and he was taking over all the yard work, and, and uh, but then I realized something about my own psyche that I need to mow our grass. And I know this is an illness that maybe I'm alone in having, but I have to, like, like, I realized that mowing the grass was like therapy for me. It was like a form of meditation. In ministry, there's, there's nothing, there's no other task in my life that is as beautiful as mowing the grass because I know where it starts and I know where it ends and there's these straight lines all the way through the exercise. And when it's done, I blow everything off and I put the tools away and I am tranquil. And I live in bliss, and I feel so manly, you know. And it's just such a beautiful experience. And, and, and so anyway, I, I wanted to fire our gardener. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fire him. And my wife wouldn't let me. And so now, I pay our gardener every month not to mow our grass, <laughs> which is good work if you can get it. But uh, I digress. So Tuesday, beautiful, beautiful day, and the sun was out, and the colors of leaves, and grass, and the smells of autumn, and, and I, I had this, in, you know, I was looking at our flowers, our fall flowers are in bloom, and our, our pear trees, and our apple tree were especially prolific this year, and the, the flowering maple was beautiful, and, and just everything just seemed vibrant, and, and, and I just want to say this, I, not because I'm trying to brag about how good I am at gardening, although if the shoe fits, right? But um, I'm, I'm just saying, look, that's what I'm talking about, common grace, that, that God blesses everybody, everybody with the colors of the leaves in the fall. And everybody with the smells of autumn and, and, and pumpkin spice latte. And, and he does this regardless of what you believe about him. He does this regardless of how you obey him or not. He, he blesses everybody, no matter where they live, no matter what they believe, no matter how they go after life, with the joy of holding a newborn baby, or the joy of laughing with a friend, or the intense pleasure of a lover's embrace, or the feeling of sunshine on closed eyelids. You see, these are the gifts of heaven poured out upon all of us regardless of country or political or religious affiliations, and that's why it's called common. It's common grace. It's the good stuff that heaven pours out over everyone if our eyes are open to see it. 
This is the floodgates of common grace and blessing from heaven. That They're like treasures everywhere. If only we'll have the eyes to see. So that's the first thing that God gives. Freely, right? Freely we've received common grace. Second thing, freely God gives us salvation. Salvation is a gift from God extended to all, but not all have embraced it. You see, it's a gift from heaven's throne, crafted before the dawn of time, designed to be embraced and incorporated into this life, and then carry us through eternity of love with him and with friends and family and brothers and sisters, where we spend forever praising and exploring and developing our friendships and reigning with the angels. And I, wanna, I want you to look at this next verse on your outline, because over like this is so profound and it's so foundational for us that we would get this and, and get our minds around it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believe. So it's all grace. It's all from him. He saved you by his grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Isn't that amazing? It's a gift. It's not a reward. It's not a wage. It's a gift from God, and so we can't boast about it. And because we didn't earn it, because it's a gift that Jesus has extended to us, right, we have that posture of receiving it as a gift, and there's a humility and a gratitude about that. But we must embrace this gift. And, and you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor, that we have to embrace this gift? How many times, well, let me ask it this way. Have you ever received a gift that you never unwrapped? Have you ever received a gift that you never used? I, I, I think some of you might identify with this. How many of you have a piece of physical training equipment in your home <laughs> that you use as a way to hang and dry your laundry? Anybody? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, of course, no, we get it. We know that the, that workout equipment, the greatest working out I have is when I'm doing my laundry. Like, that's it. That's it. Here's what I want you to understand. You've got to receive the gift. You've got to embrace the gift and lean in to the gift of salvation. It is so possible for us to receive gifts that we don't unwrap or we don't use. Here, I want you to pretend that you have received this beautiful gift of Tom Selleck's Ferrari from Magnum P.I., Okay. <laughs> I, I might have daydreamed about this since 1983. But uh, so, so this car, beautiful art, is poetry on wheels. But this car is also a stick shift. And let's assume you've been given this gift, which is a stick shift. But you, because by your nature, you don't drive a manual transmission because you live in a fallen world and you were born into the original sin of automatic transmissions. <laughs> and so you're cautious about this and you might keep the keys in your pocket and you might remember that the car's parked in the garage, but you never take it out driving, okay? Or maybe you're a little more brave than that and you try to take it out once or twice, but you grind the gears and you stall in the middle of an intersection and you've got all of this embarrassment and you're uncomfortable about understanding that you own this lovely gift that you don't know how to operate. And so you limp it back to the garage and you park it there and maybe just forget about it for a while. Or, and this is way more likely because you're here, you're actually at church today, 
Maybe it is that you actually get some resources to help you figure out how it is that you drive the car. How it is that you learn how to drive this gift that you've been given. And so maybe for you, you've jumped into our Wednesday night men's Bible study or you've jumped into the women's gathering or, or you've made a commitment to really embrace Rooted or you're serving in Kidtown or other ministries. In other words, you're learning how to operate your gift. And as you do this, you're also experiencing the open road of adventure that God has given us in the salvation that he provides. You see, he offers us this beautiful gift of salvation. So Overlake, let's learn to drive it well. Amen? Let's put the pedal to the metal, friends. Come on. All right. I'd love it if you were awake, but that's okay. We'll, we'll keep going. Uh, James 1.17 says this. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I just want you to circle the first part of that phrase. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Okay? I want you to understand this, that, that, that there is this practice we can enter into when it comes to really embracing this verse. And the exercise that I want to challenge you for, and you might want to jot this down, is the, the exercise or the practice of counting your blessings. And so for the last probably like six months, I have been very intentional about this. I try to do my soul care, my, my time with the Lord in the mornings. And, and how I've done this in my prayer journaling is I try to spend some time recounting the events of the day previous and just listing back to the Lord in praise my gratitude for all the good things that, that just immediately come to mind about the day that just passed. I just want to give thanks for e even if it's like this conversation with my son or this experience with someone at Overlake or how this meeting went or what was accomplished, whatever it is. I just recount the day and then I just offer it back to the Lord in praise, counting my blessings. And then what I do is I sort of aspirationally look forward to the day ahead of me. And I, and I kind of lift up the meetings that I have. I lift up the conversations I'm going to have. I lift up the experiences that God is going to take me into. And I thank him for the good things that haven't yet come to me. And what it does is it just creates this perspective where suddenly now my eyes are open. And I'm looking for the treasure in every field. Are you with me? And so I, I just want to encourage you, do this as a practice. It's not going to come naturally. That's why we have to practice. And we practice this, but this gratitude will change our perspective. Last week we talked about how God provides for our needs, but I also mentioned that sometimes God just loves to bless us. Even if they don't meet our needs per se, he just delights in blessing the children that he loves. So Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord is sheer abundance and there is no negative. The blessing of the Lord is only good. There is no sorrow associated with it. And this is what I pray for you. And this is what I pray for my life and my family. And I want to tell you a story about how God does this kind of blessing. Uh, it's, it's about my friend Nancy. And many of you know Nancy Dundef. She's a beautiful saint and a sister here at Overlake Christian Church. And and, and, and the story that she told me goes like this, that several years ago, she happened to meet a couple of members of the Gaither Vocal Band. 
And they really blessed her. They, their concert blessed her and, and having the opportunity to meet and, and make some friends with them really blessed her. And so she was really hoping they'd come to Seattle. And of course, she was kind of privately hoping they'd come to Overlake. And, and so what she did about a year ago is she wrote them a letter. And she sent it to, you know, whatever office or promoter or agent she could find to send it to. I think they live in Nashville. So she sends off her letter. She never hears back from them. But then she goes to her mailbox not too long ago, and she gets this postcard, and she realizes that God has brought the Gaither vocal band to Seattle. God has actually booked them here at Overlake Christian Church, and then God sent her a postcard to invite her to the concert. (laughs) I just want you to understand, that is a gracious and loving God who's in all the details, is it not? Sometimes you hear the story of the devil's in the details. No, 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 friends, the blessing of God is in the details, right? God is a God who actually takes care of the details. He loves to bless the children that love him. And, and, and you recognize that every perfect, every good, every gift, it comes from God. Now, the thing is, you have dozens and dozens of stories just like that, that I just told about Nancy. The problem is, we're not in tune. We're not focused enough to see them. Because here's how our brains normally work. In a fallen world, we're just, we're just sort of tuned to this. And this, you know, might makes right and survival and dog eat dog. And so the idea is when things go wrong, we are hyper-focused on those things. When things are bad, we, we fixate on those things. And we get all huffy and mad and we get entitled around it. And it just ruins our attitudes. But then when things go right, we just take it as a matter of course. When things go well for us, of course it goes well for us. I I deserve it to go well for us. And so it creates this horribly negative baseline for our attitudes when just the opposite should be in effect. Of course things are going to go wrong. We live in a fallen and broken world. But look at what God does. And look at how good he is. And look at how he has filled my life with these good and perfect gifts. And if we recognize that every good thing has its source, that behind every good gift is actually a loving heavenly father who's doling them out richly for us. And that's why the blessing of the Lord is what we pray for. And that's why we trust in God. And and that's why the challenge here is simply, if we want to be blessed by a God who loves to bless, here's what we can do proactively. You can live a blessable life for God's glory. You can live a blessable life for God's glory. And again, I'll, I'll call back to my friend Nancy. And if you know this beautiful saint, you know I'm not exaggerating here, that she lives her life on call for God. As she constantly goes where she senses God calls her to go, and as she constantly does what she senses God tells her to do, and she talks to the people that God brings her to talk to, and she encourages them, and she hugs them, and she prays for them, and she is loved by them. You know, in the 12 years or so of our friendship, I have had the privilege of having a meal with Nancy two times, two different times. And each time I'm sitting there in in this restaurant having a meal with Nancy, it's like I'm having a meal with a celebrity. That all of the servers in the restaurant will inevitably make their way by our table and spend some time talking with Nancy and she'll give each one of them a hug and she'll encourage them and she'll pray for them. People who are other, just customers in the restaurant 
will come over and introduce themselves to her and, and spend a few minutes talking with her. It, it is amazing. I, I just have to say, I love spending time with Nancy and being absolutely invisible. No one gives a rip about me. But she has been such a blessing to so many, and God uses her so powerfully. And I'm just telling you, God, the heart of God is he, he delights in blessing his children who are so willing to be blessable and live blessable lives for him. And so that's the challenge for you and I, and that's how we can live. And I want to tell you that part of living a blessable life, and this is true, and I don't want you to miss this. This is the generosity piece, is that a significant part of our worship is built around what we offer to God. In the form of our finances, what we give to God in the form of our first fruits. And you might notice in our handout today that we are hitting that time of year where we really have to get after it as a church body. Because it's going to take all of us pushing in the same direction in order for us to make our budget and finish this year in the black. But friends, I'm telling you, these challenges become exciting when we get our minds in the right place and we start living the generous lives, examining how God is the one who has given so freely to us. Amen? Like our perspective is what is so important here. One of my colleagues on staff, uh, she's an incredible partner in ministry here named Kellen. Kellen has a beautiful five-year-old daughter named Lily. And in their home, as Kellen has set it up, she has provided this little area, kind of like an, a nook for Lily to do art in. So there's a little table there, and there's pens and colored, colored pencils, and, and there's a ream of paper that Lily can use, and it's all just kind of set up for her to just do whatever kind of art project she wants to do. And, and so one day, Kellen needed a piece of paper to write some notes down on, and so she walked over and she took a single sheet of paper off the ream that was available for her daughter. And her daughter said, no, that's my paper. And Kellen is an incredible mom. She really is. And so she had this gentle smile, and she said, oh, sweetheart, sweetheart, that's, that's all mommy's paper. And in fact, the pencils and the pens and the table, it's, this is all mommy's stuff. And, and you know what else? The toys that you play with and the clothes that you wear and the bed that you sleep in and the food that you eat and the house that you live in, it's all mommy's. <laughs> and I'm happy, sweetie, because I love you. I'm happy to give you everything. I'm happy to give it all to you to use. But you know, mommy needs one piece of her paper. So she's going to take that. And they had an understanding sorted out. And I want you to see what kind of freedom might come into your life and my life when we get this sorted out. Because this points us to this incredible truth that we forget every day, but we should remember all the time. And it's all God's. It's all God's. Everything is the Lord's. So when it comes to our tithes or our offerings that we're giving to God, we have to remember that we're not giving God anything that's not already his. Because it's all his. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's pretty clear. He owns it all. The world and all its people belong to him. You know, I want you to think about this. That there's nothing that you have ever laid your eyes on that isn't the Lord's. Think about that for a moment. You have never seen anything that isn't already God's, period. You, 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 get, you get the, the, the Hubble telescope 
that can see to the furthest reaches of our universe and you still can't see beyond what is the Lord's. Psalm 50 says, all the animals of the forest are mine, God says. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. There's a song that we sang last week and we're singing it again in a bit because it's such a good thing for us to really embed in our hearts. And there's a lyric that we sing and I, and I want you to be especially mindful of it today. The lyric is, it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs so we return it back to you as praise. Think about that. It's your breath in our lungs so we return it back to you as praise. But you know, it's not just God's breath that we're returning back to him. You see, Haggai 2.8 says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. So God not only gives us breath that we return back to him in praise, but he gives us all of our stuff, all of our financial resources, all of our material wealth, and then we offer it back to him as praise. Right? That's our response. He gives us, and we offer it back to him as praise. We have received freely from him, and so we give it back to him as praise. A couple of things that you might want to make notes about. Uh, the first is this, that you will never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. Right? Just doesn't happen. You've heard this phrase, he who dies with the most toys wins. It's actually he who dies with the most toys is dead. It's over. It's all God's stuff. And, and, and I just want you to understand that that we want to talk about this more in the weeks to come because I don't believe or I choose not to believe that there's anybody who's a part of this overlake journey who wants to be stingy toward God. I just refuse to believe it. I don't think that's a part of any of your hearts. None of us want to be stingy toward God. But I do think that many of us don't understand how transformative God's plan of generous living is. And so we're going to educate around that because we want to develop the practice of recognizing how freely we've received and begin to give freely back to God. And this brings us to this next point that we have to realize that everything returns to God eventually. Everything returns to God eventually. He's the source of all things. It will all return to him eventually. And so when it comes to our finances, when it comes to what's important, I want to tell you, you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And that the only way to make your resources eternal is to deposit them with the Lord. So I want to say something to you, and I want you to jot it down. And you don't have to believe me right now. Just jot it down, mull it over, process it, you know, take it to the Lord, and, and he'll tell you I'm right. But here it is. Write this down. Ownership is an illusion. We make a big deal about ownership, private ownership, shared ownership. Like That's a, that's a big deal in our culture, ownership. We, we, we're all about making sure that we're clear about that. I, I want you to understand that ownership is an absolute illusion. We are stewards for a season, and then we pass everything on. You don't own anything. You, you don't own clothing. You, you don't own property. You're not going to take anything. You've received it from somewhere, and you're going to give it away. This is true for your body. It's true for your relationships. This is, this is true for every single thing. Ownership is just a temporary illusion. Oh, friends, we are stewards for a limited time. So you've got to think that you received a baton, and you're running a race with it, and you're going to hand that baton off. 
So how is it that we're stewarding what it is that God has given us? Because all things return to him eventually. You know, through the years I've told a few stories about my dog Scout. And, and we've got some stories. One of the stories that I don't think I shared was, uh, you know, one day we came home from church and realized he'd eaten about four dozen Christmas cookies that we had frosted the day before from the counter. And, oh, that was a, that was, that was a fun moment. And... But, but, you know, Scout, he loved us so much. And I was thinking, what, what are the things that I would say about this, this beautiful dog that graced our lives for 13 years or so? I, I, I would say that, that he was mostly obedient and he was delightfully mischievous and he walked well off a leash. And I was thinking, you know, that would actually be a fine epitaph if God would say that about me. Right? He was mostly obedient, slightly mischievous, and he walked well off a leash. That'd be nice. But you know, after 13 years, he was at the end and he, he passed away. He was a great gift to our family and, and a great gift to me personally. And on the last night of his life, we all gathered around Scout and we all had a chance to put our hands on him and, and we thanked him for the love and the care that he brought to our family. And there was a vet there and her assistant, and, and as we talked, we were crying. And, and then we look over, and this vet and her assistant, they were just weeping and just bawling. And it's always nice when the professional's affected, you know. But it was just so sad and yet so beautiful. My heart is so grateful for the gift that God has given us and that beautiful friend. But now scouts with the Lord, and I just want you to understand that everything returns to God, because everything has its source in God. And so everything will return to him, and, and because of that, and because our ownership is just an illusion, it's so important to me that we obey what it is that God's commanding us to do, and that means live generously now, because he's the one who has been so generous with us the entire course of our life. It brings me to this last point, and we'll end here. I just, I, I want us to understand how important this is. Don't wait for more wealth to be happy. Don't wait to be more wealthy to be happy because happiness is free. And this is true because of what the Lord's doing in your life and how we walk with the Lord. Last week we ended by talking about how Jesus himself is a great prize and this is a similar point. But he, I want to give you the quote of the day and I want you to write this down. This, this, is, a, this is a powerful truth and here it is. That people who aren't happy with what they have won't be happy with what they get. I, I thought you guys would receive a little more than the first service, but apparently not. I've, 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 I've driven this home. People who aren't happy with what they have won't be happy with what they get. In other words, more won't help. So right now, wherever you are, step into gratitude. Right now, wherever you are, understand that God is the source and he's the one who gives us freely. And, and right now, wherever you are, it's an opportunity to step into the abundance of generosity and generous living. The Apostle Paul, uh, many of you are familiar with the Apostle Paul, but uh, his life and his legacy is, is such that he was a passionate inspirational, wise teacher and preacher and writer and church planter. He was a leadership developer and a mentor. He was a maker of super cool tents, the kind of tents REI would be jealous of. 
And this is what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13. He said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I was talking to Pastor Pat about it this week, and he was saying, you know, it's really interesting that we love to memorize verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not too many people memorize verse 12, which is the context for 13. But 12 is so important because what Paul's saying is I've, I've experienced it. In my journey, I've, I've had full stomach and I've had empty stomach. In my journey, I've had all the material possessions I've needed and I've had none. I, I've known what it's like to be absolutely full and I know what it's like to be absolutely wanting. And this is what he says, but I can be content no matter what. And then, then he says, verse 13, why? It's because of Jesus who pours his strength into me that he is able for anything. Jesus is the one who gives us his strength. So friends, that's why we can choose contentment today. Because Jesus gives us his strength freely. Because the Father pours out common grace freely. Because every good and perfect gift and blessing comes from our Father freely. Because Jesus has given us the gift of salvation freely. And so what I want to do is I want us to recognize how freely we have received today. In a moment, we're going to come uh, to the table. You'll notice that there are tables for communion in the middle of the room and in the front of the room. And, and we're going to have an opportunity to come to the Lord's table and to take communion together. And so what I would love for you to do today is as you take the elements, go back to your seat and then spend some time with the Lord. Do whatever it is that you need to do in order to sort things out with him. If you need to confess some things, if you need to make some things right with him, just spend that time with him in prayer. Right? Can, you know, just, just get things clear between you and him. And then as you take the elements today, here's what I, will, I, I want you to say. And you can even whisper this out loud. You can say, Jesus, I'm aware that I have received freely from you. Take the elements. Jesus, I want to give freely back to you. Okay? Why don't you stand right now? And when you're ready, come to one of the tables, take the elements, and we'll take communion together.
Let's pray. Jesus, this is just our moment to pause long enough to recognize the truth of what we are singing. That even the breath in our lungs is not our own. It's a gift from you. And so just help us continue to live in this moment of realizing all the grace, all the gifts, all the goodness, all the love that you've given to us. We want to be worshipers. We love you in your name. Amen. Well, in this moment, you can uh, find your seat, and, and as you do that, go ahead, and, and now's a good, good, good chance to maybe finish filling out the connection card I mentioned earlier, and again, on the, on the back, uh, I, I love, like, one, one thing I love as a pastor on the team is, is getting to read through the prayer needs of, of, of our family, and, and I was noticing just this last week how often the, the, the word heal or healing or health was, was, was coming up, and and, and so I was just committed to, to praying that over, over the Overlake family. And I, and I just want you guys to know, any, anything you jot down uh, on, on, on that prayer, kind of on the backside of the connection card, we lift up. We, we take it serious. We, we, we believe that there's power in prayer. So if there's anything even now coming to mind, please just, just jot something down. It'd, it'd, it'd be awesome to, to join with you in that throughout the week. Uh, now is also an opportunity where we get to really kind of respond, put into practice what it is that we were hearing in, in this reality of just, uh, we, we've received so much and so we get to just return some of it uh, to the Lord and, and that does include our finances. And so uh, in a moment the buckets will be passed and that's just one of the ways in which this happens. There's also text to give and, and online giving and setting up a, a kind of a reoccurring thing if you'd like. But, uh, but in this moment this is just something that we get to do. So ushers, I'm going to invite you forward and we'll, we'll collect those connection cards and, and gifts and, and as that's happening I just want to invite you to reflect as we listen to this song together. We have nothing to give that differs come from your hand nothing to offer you which you did not provide every good perfect gift comes from your kind and gracious heart and all we do is give back to you what always has been yours Lord we're breathing the breath that you gave us to to worship you, to worship you, and we're singing these songs with the very same breath. To worship you, to worship you, who has given to you that it should be. Pay back to him 
who has given to you as if you needed anything from you and to you and through you come all things oh lord and all we do is give back to you what always has been yours lord we breathe in the breath that you gave us to breathe to worship you to worship you and we're singing these songs with the very same breath to worship you to worship you Good words to reflect on. Well, let's stand together. I want to bless us out of here. And, and as I'm doing that, I just have to say, every, every once in a while, we'll hear a Nancy June death story from Pastor Mike, and, and she, has, she has many. Uh, there's amazing things that, that, that she has done just in living out her faith. And, and so upon much pressure from others of saying, Nancy, you got to write a book. Like, this is just so good. She actually did. And so we actually, we have some of these um, just on the, the book rack uh, as you head out on the first floor there. And in, in case you would just love to hear an, another perspective, uh, uh, someone who, who's just part of the family here at Overlake. And for those of you that know Nancy, it reads like Nancy. Like it just, you hear her in recounting and sharing uh, just what her life looks like with Jesus. And so just wanted to, to mention that. And then secondly, if there's, again, any way we can be praying for you before you leave, uh, the prayer alcove is on the second floor, and we have signs that will direct you there, and just a great team uh, that would love to pray with you. Well, I want to pray uh, a blessing over you, and, and, and I encourage you to just kind of lift your faces heavenward as, as I speak these words of blessing over you. And now, Overlake, may you enter this week with a renewed perspective of God's immense grace in your life. May you freely receive and experience God's love in all its, its expressions so that you may freely and lavishly give it to others. And now, by Christ's Spirit, may you enter into this week generously living. Be blessed. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. Thank you.